Ladies and gentlemen, to those among you who are easily frightened, we suggest you turn away now. To those of you who think they can take it, we say, welcome to the madhouse. to the madhouse insert funny intro here my name's jimmy and i'm with the one and only joey how are you Hello. doing little fella <laughs> i'm right thank you how are you big Marvelous. boy <laughs> <laughs> so this week it was uh it was your choice yes cannibal holocaust yes I want to mention that I have a dog eating me right now. <laughs> yeah, it looks very disturbing. I, uh, looks I like you're a... just shaking a wig. <laughs> I have a, a five-month-old puppy now, and he's uh, restless, so he's sat on my knee probably for the whole of this episode while he chews me on my hand. It... Yeah, he's going batshit. So, I guess you've seen this film before, Jimmy. I have, actually, a couple of times. First watched it when I was a teenager, so it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> that's when it it came out isn't it (laughs) and then i watched it a few more times after that and then this this time now to watch it knowing some certain things about it was actually the most disturbing viewing of it yeah so it was directed by uh rigero diateto very good i can do that better Diodato, I think. Diodato. Diodato. Yes. I have no idea what accent that was, but it... Italian? Felt right. Yeah, I don't know if he's Italian. Cornetto. Cornetto? That's Italian, isn't it? But sure. Pizzeria. Yeah? Yeah. Any more? <laughs> uh, pasta. <laughs> That's the one. And pasta sauce. Yeah. Dolmia. Bolognese. Etc. <laughs> <laughs> so this film had a working title of The Green Inferno, Jimmy. But had a last minute name change to Cannibal Holocaust. Because uh, it would have been more provocative. And a film called Green Inferno was later released by Eno Roth in 2013. Oh, have you seen that one? Nope. No, I haven't seen it either, actually. Film grossed 1.9 million. In 10 days, then it was banned in Italy. Dog's literally <laughs> eating my notes. Banned in Italy for three years, and up to 50 other countries placed a ban on the film, including a five-year US ban. In Norway, it was only allowed a release in 2003. So if this actually was banned in 50 countries, like that seems claimed. High. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's it's a kind of claim to have been banned in fifty countries. Yes, but if it is, this it makes it like the Uno Uno, numero Uno, yeah. uh, banned film in in the entire world. Yeah, but that seems I high. Think. Fifty. It's thought that it has grossed about two hundred million dollars worldwide up to now. So I'm gonna have to move this dog. It's eating me alive. <laughs> Got taste for it. Ruggiero Diodato saw a film about a lost film which inspired him to make the film. Did you see this? No. That film was about some documentarians that didn't fare too well with an African cannibal tribe. An Italian company claimed to have some of the lost footage and was going to show it but never did. So I guess uh, Diodato decided to make his own. Yeah, fair play. Did a good job. Are you uh, ready to go to a plot slot straight away? Yeah, are you ready? Because you look, you look like you're having a bit of trouble there. I might need to pause the recording and come straight back in just to... Uh... Oh, Jesus, Billy. Sorry, Billy <laughs> is 
the, the first fright in our frights and delights today. But it's also <laughs> a delight, so that's confusing. Can you see him on camera? Yeah. Literally about to pounce on me. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to pause recording and we should be back in a sec. Okay. After this, puppy has stopped eating me. <laughs> right, we're back and the doggy is in isolation again. <laughs> and we are ready to go into a plot slot. And I believe Jimmy is ready and waiting with the first paragraph. Yeah, I'm just going to have a swig of my scrumpy. I'm on scrumpy tonight. Nice. Got 24 cans. And are you going to have all of them before the end of recording? No, by the end of the weekend. Yeah, boy! By the way, we're recording on a Sunday at half 11 in the evening. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's go. Okay. We open up with a television documentary about missing film crew who disappeared on an expedition to the Amazon basin to make a documentary about a local cannibal tribe. The team was Alan Yates, the director, Faye Daniels, his girlfriend and script girl, and two cameramen, Jack Anders and Mark Tomasa, or Tomaso. Howard Monroe, a university anthropologist, has agreed to lead a rescue team and flies to the Amazon to meet his guides, Shaco and his assistant, Miguel. The group take a Yakoma hostage captured by the military and use it to help them negotiate with the natives. The team arranges his release in exchange for being taken to the Yokomo village. There the team meets hostility and learned that the film group had caused great unrest among the people. The next day, Monroe and his guides head deeper into the rainforest to locate two warring tribes. The Yanamamo. <laughs> Is that close? Yeah, Yanamamo and the Shamatari. Yeah. Following a group of Shamatari warriors to a whip... <laughs> oh, that's a that ten times fast. Shamatari warriors to a riverbank. <laughs> <laughs> to a riverbank. <laughs> At least it wasn't a riverbank. A riverbank. Uh, <laughs> I don't... Should I try that again or should I just leave that in? <laughs> just leave that in, boy. That's what she said. <laughs> I've completely lost everything. Sorry, this is a shambles. <laughs> Following a group of Shamatari warriors to a riverbank, they intervene to save a smaller group of Yanamamo from death in a scrap between groups. The Yanamamos invite Monroe and his team back to their village where they are treated with suspicion. To gain the villagers' trust, Monroe bays naked in a river. Can't imagine how many times I've done that, Jimmy. Oh, absolutely. That's how I gain anybody's trust. Yeah. Uh, a group of Yanamama women who watched him take him to a shrine, which he learns holds the bones of the missing American filmmakers. Those women, by the way, hired from a local brothel. Fuck off, really? Yep, they went to a local brothel and just hired a load of prostitutes and had them in the film naked for a bit. That's a great fact, because one of them goes right after his balls and willy, doesn't she? Yeah, she's playing with it she, and everything. That, she's, yeah. she's going like that, giving it all some. He's just looking at her like... Okay, yeah, brilliant fact. I like that. I didn't know that. <laughs> I just thought I'd just drop that in there. That's amazing. <laughs> Monroe confronts the Yanamamo about this. After playing a tape recorder for them, he trades it for the first team's surviving reels of film. And that took me about 10 minutes just for that paragraph. Back in New York, executives of the Pan American Broadcast Company invite Monroe to host a broadcast of a documentary to be made from the recovered film. Monroe wants to see the raw footage first. The execs introduce him to Yates' work by showing an excerpt from his previous documentary, The Last Road to Hell. One of the executives tells Monroe that Yates staged a scene to get more exciting footage, which was them getting shot. It was uh, firing range, wasn't it? Yeah, and that was actual footage of executions. So the uh, yeah, that was tough. Yeah, there's a lot in this film that I don't agree with. <laughs> <laughs> the first reel follows the group's trek through the jungle. They promptly spot a large turtle, which they proceed to kill and eat. For reals, their guide Philippe is bitten by a venomous snake, which was hiding in his boot. And that snake, in real life, wasn't actually a venomous snake. I can remember a lot of what I read. That's that's strange. Eh? 
Doesn't usually happen. The group <laughs> amputates Philippe's leg with a machete in an attempt to save his life, but he quickly dies and is left behind. Ah, the remaining four succeed in locating the Yakomo. Jack shoots one in the leg so they can easily follow him to the village. The second reel starts with the group's arrival at the Yakomo village. They force the entire tribe into a hut and burn it down in order to stage a scene for the film. Monroe expresses concerns over the staged scenes and unethical treatment of the natives, but his concerns are ignored by the execs. Monroe expresses his disgust to a station executive about their decision to air the documentary. To convince them of his view, he shows the remaining unedited footage. The final two reels begin with the team locating a young Yanomamo girl whom the men gang rape as Faye tries to stop them. Later, the team films the girl impaled on a wooden pole. They claim the natives killed her due to an obscure sexual right. After they move on, the Yanomamo... Fuck off! Those guys. Thanks. The Yanomamo... Attack the team in revenge for the girl's rape and death. Jack is hit by a spear and Alan shoots him so the team can film how the natives treat his corpse, after which they cannibalize it. Following this, Alan tells the camera that they have lost their maps and medical supplies and are trapped. He attempts to scare off the natives by shooting a flare gun as the three try to escape. Faye is captured. Alan insists they try to rescue her. Mark continues to film as she is raped and beheaded. The Yanomomo locate the last two where they are hiding. As the camera falls to the ground, the reel ends, showing Alan's bloody face. The executives order the footage to be destroyed. Now, in the uncut version, um, I think we, we get to see Alan's uh, having his um, brains eaten at that point. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. And uh, I think the other guy, if I can remember, the other guy's being cooked in a pot and they cut his head off. But you get to see Alan, he's like trapped between two poles and a guy just scooping out his brains. Oh, I haven't seen that. However! What? Haven't seen that. Oh. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, however! <laughs> The epilogue informs us that projectionist smuggled out the reels, which he later sold for $250,000. As Monroe leaves the station, he thinks to himself, I wonder who the real cannibals are. Yeah, which is a stupid statement. Do you reckon? Why? Uh, I because think cannibal be. is a very literal eating the meat of your same species. Yeah. You could say, I wonder who the real savages are. That That's would... what I was thinking. That's what that should have been. But then it then it would have been savage holocaust. Oh, no, it wouldn't. It's got nothing to do with that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like going, but the yes, real right. cannibals are the friends we made along the way. <laughs> oh, but actually, no. The real cannibals are the fine young cannibals. Yeah. You get that band from the 80s. Yeah. But they were all right because they were fine and young. Plot slot. <laughs> Should we move on to Frights and Delights? Yes, please. Uh, okay. <laughs> Chew on this. It's Frights and Delights. Yeah! I'm going to kick us off with the fright, Jimmy. Okay. In 1982, Cannibal Holocaust was the second best-selling film at the box office in Japan. Do you know what came first? Oh. No, I don't. You got the Jimmy quiz. I haven't had a Jimmy quiz for ages. I should have done one for this. You've got a Jimmy quiz coming up soon in one episode, Jimmy. I'm going to do it. Oh, that's going to be fun. 1982 oh, was E.T. Oh, okay. Fucking hell. This was second. Second to E.T. is crazy, isn't it? Well, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Although Japan fair did enough. give us uh, Battle Royale. 
That's true. Fucking brilliant. And yeah. Battle Royale thing. You got any frights or delights, Jimmy? Um, you just carry on with yours for a minute, and then I'll chime in. Okay. Uh, Diodato, or Diodato, received a letter from none other than Sergio Leone, saying, and this is from his letter, what nationality was Sergio Leone? Italian. These are Italian people we're talking about. Yeah, I know, but, okay. This is an Italian-made film, isn't it? Yeah, but it doesn't mean everyone who sends a letter <laughs> to the guy who made an Italian film has to be Italian. I was just wanting to know what accent to do the letter in. Okay, you ready? I say Italian. All right, okay. Dear Ruggiero. Oh, what the movie? <laughs> okay, no, it's just going to be Mario and doing it in English. The second part is a masterpiece of cinematog- cinematographic realism. Is that a word, Jimmy? I think so. We'll coin that as a real word. A real word. <laughs> cinematographic realism. <laughs> but everything seems so real that I think you will get in trouble with all the world. Yeah, I think he, he yeah, I think he got that one right. Yeah. Um, at the end of the film, you've already mentioned that it said that uh, the projectionist sold the reels for two hundred fifty thousand. And at the end of the film, it has that caption: "Projectionist John K. Kirov." was given a two-month suspended jail sentence and fined $10,000 for illegal appropriation of film material. We know that he received $250,000 for that same footage. And this was added to help maintain the documentary feeling of the film as well as filling the plot hole that would be if the footage was ordered to be destroyed, then how did we just watch it? Yes, so whoever has got this bit that we're watching has paid him 250000 for it. That's how we're seeing it. Yeah. Is that correct? Yes. But then, so it sounds like the original people somehow got hold of the film so they could put a caption at the end. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, I, th- I think that it's a delight that it's it is basically the first found footage film straight yep. off the bat. Don't think there are anything else before this one. Spawned quite a lot of good ones, quite a lot of naff ones. Yeah. Blair Witch. Blair Witch, I think, was another. I don't think there was any. I wonder if. I don't think there was anything between Cannibal Holocaust. And Blair Witch of any notoriety. I might be wrong. But I can't think of any. No. Because Blair Witch was 90s. I'm sure it would have been used. But not. To as. Not as notoriously. Well known. Yeah. Blair Witch. Now you can't fucking. Now you can't swing your dick around for a fucking found footage film. They're everywhere. <laughs> I know. It's, it's annoying now. They're absolutely everywhere. Like Creep was but good. I think Yeah, Creep's really good. That that's 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 done like better. And it has a good setup rather than these people were just filming their lives. Have you ever have you ever seen a film called um Be My Cat, a movie for Anne? No. Fucking hell boy, you gotta watch that. Find that on Prime. It's proper weird. Okay, <laughs> take it. Anyway, footage. yeah, kind of. <laughs> yes, it is. It's kind of like creep, but creepier. Well, I've got a. This is a frighty delighty thingy. Okay. So Robert Kerman, uh, I believe, played Alan. Is that right? Anyway, no, he was Doctor Monroe, wasn't he? Yes. Anyway, yeah, Robert Professor, Kerman, Professor Monroe. Was a porn actor. Yes. Trying to become a serious actor. And the serious roles dried up. And he went back to dicking it on film for a living. Um, He did play a tugboat captain in the 2002 Spider-Man film. Uh, <laughs> so uh, it's not all bad news. 
Although he's dead is now, that, so that's not great news. Oh, he's dead now, is he? Yes. Not just his career, he is. He's, yeah, physically not alive. So was being the tugboat captain a nod to his earlier 70s porn star? I did, I did wonder. <laughs> Welcome to the tugboat, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's just him sat on a boat, sat on a rowing boat wanking off. <laughs> yeah, with some binoculars in one hand. <laughs> uh, the actor who played Miguel, I'm putting this down as a fright. Okay. Okay. Yeah. He is an uncredited actor for reasons I'll bring up later, but his dad died while they were filming and they halted production while he popped home for the funeral. And in the scene where they found the bone shrine, Miguel is seen crying in the background and that was the actor crying uh, not long after he'd heard about his dad dying. Well, his dad was murdered. And and he was. I mean, it's still it. it's still death, isn't it? But he was yeah he not was physically murdered. alive anymore. I think we stated yeah. the uh, yeah the meaning of dead. <laughs> yeah, they didn't find his killers, did they? I don't think so. Damn. The last road to hell footage was real execution footage from Nigeria and Southeast Asia. Yeah, that was a bit. It's a bit much, isn't it? Yeah. There was, uh, I mean, this wasn't my kind of film anyway. Uh, and then after reading everything after it, that we'll get yeah. into, I'm sure, in a bit. Yeah, doesn't add to the experience. <laughs> no. Although, did you notice the toupee? No, I didn't notice the toupee. Damn it. I know you like a good toupee in a film. I do. And they're Damn always... it. They're always up for Master of the Macabre when there is one. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> phase severed head at the end of the film obviously had to have a toupee on it or and a wig thing. And it slips for a bit while they're messing around with it. And you can see the fake foam head underneath for like a split second. Oh, God damn it. So, toupee. In Cannibal Holocaust. So there's, you know, a bit of slapstick going on as well. They did, they did yeah. try and do a bit of comedy. <laughs> Carl York tried to claim that Francesca Chiadi tried to tempt him to go boning in the woods together for real. You know, the two that were a couple? Yes. He declined because he had a girlfriend. However, not only has Chiadi said that they were smashing during the whole shoot, but that the sex scenes in the film were not simulated. Well, I just want to bring that up because that was like that was that's re- that was not a very good sex scene. Do you know the one where they're like they they he's trying to go at it and then she's like flopping about and her massive nipples come out. Were they being she's watched? Flop- yeah, and then in the background, then it sort of pans out a bit, and in the background, the whole tribe are just sat there. Yeah, and they're they're in this like hut thing, yeah, with yeah. no walls, and the guy's filming it, and uh, and she's flopping about like she's not having fun. Yeah, that I did. No, I didn't enjoy that. It wasn't the, hot. The reason I thought that maybe or a, some evidence out there that it was simulated and not real sex was that there was an anecdote of filming that the tribesmen came up to him basically afterwards to congratulate him on his ability to go for a long time because they shot the scene a few times. (laughs) And they thought they were actually having sex, so they went, oh, man, you can go for like an hour. That's great. Uh, Which, of course, I do all the time. Uh, It's normal, isn't it? Standard, isn't it? Standard boy, isn't it? Just play it back. I mean, what we say, long time is like what minute and a half, isn't it? Yeah, isn't it? Long time, long time. Yeah, long time. If you're lucky. Yeah. Um. Okay, I got one more. This is a one of those films, by the way, that has shed tons of uh, background stories and anecdotes. So I just picked the favourites. No, we got to keep this about an hour long, as usual. 
The impaled cannibal girl who was skewered on a pole. You remember? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, obviously, yeah. Horrendously disgusting and looks very real. This was achieved by the girl sitting on a bike seat on top of a smaller pole and she held the other end of the pole in her mouth with fake blood around it. The crew were a bit weirded out at how still she managed to stay while they were filming because <laughs> she did manage to stay disturbingly still for that shot. And this is the image that was used on the poster art for the original release. And one of the examples used, and this is a bit of a foreshadowing for something I might think you might bring up. You might call it a segue, but this was used as an example in the murder charges that Diodato was held for. Yes. Pretty. Oh, okay. That is a segue, but I just wanted to... Uh... I just wanted to get your uh, input on what you think happened to this young lady who was impaled up the thing. So she was the one that was raped by the three guys. Yeah. Right. Now, when they apparently come across her again, impaled. Yeah. They they're like they're quite happy about it, and they think that it was the tribes people that have done it because of. The raping. Yeah. But I think it was actually the three guys that did it to her. Yes. Because uh... they say they say that, that, oh, it was the tribe that did this because of some sort of sexual thing. Yeah. But I think it was actually the three guys did it. They impaled her because they they've gone fuck they've gone fucking crackers by this point. Yeah, I they've gone think... been like they've been in fucking Vietnam or something. They've gone mental. I think you're right. Yeah, so the it's the bit where they film it and they're panning round and one of them's like gleefully smiling at what they found, like he's just in awe of this magnificent yes. dead girl that they raped earlier. Alan, yeah, really weird. And one of them has to say, dude, we're filming. And he switches to, oh, man, it's so shocking. What did they do? And Yeah. I'm saying yeah, that they was don't the say... Americans that did that. Yeah, they don't say in the film no. that it was them at all. But it, I no. think it's impl- implied slightly for you to make your mind up. But, yeah, I think that they did it to, for the, I think for they the did footage. It. Absolutely, because they've gone crackers, burning shit down, yeah. shooting, shooting them left, right and centre. Shagging them. Yep. I think they've raping. got mental. Raping. A lot of raping. Killing things, which we'll get to in some other part of it. Yeah. Oh, I'll go on to the other bit then. The, uh... I think, I don't know. Is it a fright or a delight? Uh... He didn't go to prison for it, did he? So it's a fright. Just no. A nice story. The... Yeah. So it's ten days after the release of the film... That Diodato got arrested on obscenity charges, I think, due to the extreme animal cruelty was the charge at first. Yep. And then they thought, oh, holy shit, actually, has this guy actually gone and done a stuff, a snuff film? Yep. And is this, is this actually a snuff? And it was like, holy shit. So they, um, in Italy, they then charged him with murder. Yeah. Now, what didn't really help his cause for those 10 days was that he got the actors, all the actors that were killed in the film, he got them to sign a, a waiver or a release or something to say they wouldn't appear in media, anything, whatever was happening. You couldn't not get in a job in media or shit where you were faced. So it would play that the that the actual ca- the actual people were dead. Yeah, it's a so little they bit. Have, they have to disappear. Yeah, it's, it... you mentioned Blair Witch, and I think they took the same idea. So when Blair Witch started, they did a big campaign for these missing teens about six yeah. months before yeah. the film was released and they weren't allowed to be seen or do anything. They were paid basically to stay at home for six months so that they could build up this hype and then go, oh, we found the footage and that was the Blair Witch Project. So I think they did a kind of reverse thing. There. Post-hype. Yeah. 
post hype. It was a fucking, it's a brilliant idea. Yeah, it's a really good idea. But then obviously he's got charged with fucking murder because it's. I think this is probably the first time this thing's ever been done. So they had to get who did that? I can't remember who they got back in to testify and say actually no, we're here, we're alive. I think it was the girl on the spike. Might yeah. have been. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. I think they had to get her in because of the picture as well. They had to get her in and say, "Look, no, actually, I'm here." Yeah, it was the film poster, wasn't it? Her on the spike. Yeah, and that was one of the main pieces of evidence that it just looked too real, and it did. It looks a lot of stuff in this film looks really fucking real. <laughs> Credit to the uh, makeup staff. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think we'll get to that bit in the in the in the next section, I'm sure. Or the one after the next section, because next section. Why? What's that? What's the next section? <laughs> it depends if you finish your if you finished your. Uh... I'm done. I think I think I'm done for now. Well, the next section that we shall go to now is the master of the macabre. Oh, okay. It's not the one I was thinking of. <laughs> Master of the Macabre. Welcome to the Master of the Macabre. We're going to find out which actor or actress really got to the meat of it this time. Which one really thought this was the role they could get their teeth into, Jimmy? Uh, well, I've, there's, a, there's, only, there's, got, there's only one choice for me, and I'm sure you're thinking the same. Um, 100%. Um, it's the uh, the leader of the Yakomo tribe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Who the who uh, Professor Harold meets when they walk in, and he's acting out all of the rage of what happened to him by the other American duo. I don't know his name. His name could be Todd. Should we call him Todd for sake of having a name? He's not. Re- he's not really mine, but he was very good. Okay. No, I've gone for Robert Kerman, Professor Harold Monroe. Okay. And his moustache. Yes. Um, yeah, I had Robert Kerman and I had the toupee. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> because it's tradition. Yeah, you've got to have a toupe. Now, the toupee did, did give us a glimpse of the fact that what was happening wasn't real. Yeah. And showed us the foam that we're all made of under our skin. <laughs> and how fragile and weak the human body really is. And I think that was a nice artistic touch. Most toupees wouldn't flap about and put that extra dimension in there. This one did. Of course, not in that heat either. It's got to be boiling down there. Yeah. It's got normal toupees have gone frizzy by that point. Yep. Oh, this one. Oh, this one. Probably should give it to Robert Kerman, though. <laughs> Probably. I, do you know what? I don't think a lot of people's careers, like, I don't think this boosted a lot of people's careers. No, I mean, this toupee was never in anything again. That's probably because it was covered in mud and left in the fucking Amazon. Yeah, I think one of its children was in uh, Reanimator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I don't think there was a. I don't think there's a lot of. Uh... Oh my god! Okay, so Alan Yates had a very tiny bit part in Apollo Thirteen. Shit! Did he? Literally background work. No, uh, don't forget any lines. Uh, Let me just see what it says. It says Simtech. That's all he's got. Oh, he's done terrible. And he got chaperone in idle hands. Yeah, he did shit. No one did any good from this film. So, Robert Kerman. Should we give it to Robert Kerman? Yeah, might as well. The other... The other Perry Pinkman, who was the guy with the long hair and tash, can't remember what his name was. Was it Jack? I Jack. I'm really struggle to remember anyone's names from this film. Yeah, Jack with the tash and the hair. 
So he was in City of the Living Dead, which was another shit film from 1980. Got that okay. on DVD. It's terrible. Don't watch that. All right. And he was in Cannibal Ferox. Okay. Also got um, which is kind of along the same tip. But other than that, no, that's it. So it wasn't. They didn't. So has Robert Cameron run by default of being the best of the people that turned up for this film? Basically, yes. And I think he may have had, I don't know, because he's got Tugboat Captain, did you say, in Spider-Man? Yeah. Against um, against um, Alan Yates's Carl Gabriel York, who played Alan Yates, who was Simtech in Apollo 13. So they've gone on to do two tiny little roles in two massive films. Apollo 13 was better than Spider-Man, though. Yeah, Spider-Man's shit, but it did have uh, Bruce Campbell in it. And uh, this this isn't related at all to this film and who was the best actor in his film. Should we give it to Bruce Campbell? No, I don't know who that Ruby. is. Does he make soup? Right, let's move on. <laughs> Let's give it to Robert Kerman. God damn. What's next, Jimmy? Next up is the fucking Madhouse rating system. Boy. The Madhouse rating system. Right, let's boil it all down in a lovely pot of the old human stew. It's the Madhouse rating system. First up, we've got tension and suspense. Yeah, I love that you got so carried away with the intro, you forgot to actually do an intro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this time, this time, this film is extremely tense from the first disgusting rape to the last disgusting rape. <laughs> it deserves a point for tension and suspense because. You know, job done as far as tension and suspense goes. But it was not my kind of tension and suspense, and I felt uncomfortable. And I guess that's a matter of taste. I suspect this is more your kind of thing, this film. <laughs> so I will let you take it, not because of the rape, but because of the, the type of gore it is. So I think you should decide whether it gets attention and suspense. I am fine having one because I felt tense the whole time but i don't think it was for the right reasons well again this is this is what i'm saying when when i've seen this film a few times before i was i was happy with it and i i really liked it and it was it was like oh fuck me you've got to watch this film it's fucking mental oh it's crazy there's a as a woman she gets clay shoved up her uh, bits yeah, and, and shit like that, and it's heads getting cut off and brains getting eaten and all this kind of shit. Oh, and it's fucking oh, it's brilliant. But then yeah. watching it again the other day, it was like now knowing about all the other bits involved with it, I was just like, I was a little bit, I was a little bit tense on some of the scenes. I was just a bit like, oh, actually, nah. Yeah, it's not right. It's I felt not, uncomfortable through most of this film. Uncomfortable, yes. And I like horror, but I don't ever want to watch something that just makes me feel uncomfortable. Let's not enjoy. I don't enjoy that. That's not yeah. fun. Do you know what I mean? So, but they give like... me a shitload of tension and suspense. So, yeah, I like. I like the. I like the. the, the the parts with Dr. Monroe and he's he's there in the Amazon and he's trying to find out what's happening, what's happened to the to the documentary makers and they're going through the trail and they've seen that like what's happened in the wake of what these people have done and then they found the footage. Yes. Then the footage then, is horrendous. Yeah, and then they've gone, Oh, hold on. Fuck, hold on a minute. So I think but, I'd give it. I think I'd give it a star on the on that side. Yeah, uh, I, I will. This is one we may have personal opinions about, quite 
maybe strongly, maybe not, but one way or the other. Do you know what I mean? And we do have the overall experience point at the end of this for us to take our frustrations out on a film if we want to. <laughs> if personal opinion. So I, I do think it did give us a lot of tension and suspense. So I think it, it needs yeah, that so. point slash star slash seven. Yeah, eight. and again, if you've just gone and watched this in like 1980 when it came out, and you've watched it in a in a in a cinema, and you've got holy holy shit! I've never seen anything like this before in my life. I'm guessing there's going to be quite a few people that would have left the cinema feeling quite sick. Yeah, a little bit queasy. I do. I do think it's the type of thing as a teenager you think, "Oh, this film was banned. Let's be edgy and watch it." Yeah, it was cool, wasn't it? Yeah, awesome. And then as an adult, you watch it and go, "Fuck me! Absolutely. What the hell is going on in their heads?" Yeah, it's. Uh... But even that. But even then, when like like you say, like I had it on VHS and like plain black cover. Yeah. It's a cannibal holocaust video, nasty looking. Yes, but then you don't have you didn't have like internet to like IMDb or Wikipedia to look at all the facts and stuff. You just had that, and it's not in like HD. So when you get to some of the. Uh... The stuff we might be talking about in a bit, it might not look quite as real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, right so let's give it let's give it one for the old tension. Okay, one out of one. Suspense. Uh what's the next one? Shit, is it gore and visual effects? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um I'm quite amazed at how realistic they managed to make some of the bits. Yeah, like, it's disturbingly close to what I assumed the real brutality would look like. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Again, not my yes. cup of tea. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm pretty in the middle of how I like my gore. I don't want just lazy red paint, and I don't want to feel like I'm really watching brutal murder. Yeah. So I, I don't like either ends of the scale, but I want brilliant practical effects, but fun, not mind-twistingly deranged. So I, it should, it should have a point, I think, for all the effects they have. But still, fuck me, like, I don't know. I do know where Ruggiero Diodato, in hindsight, wishes he had made a lot of decisions differently. Yes, like I think the effects that they've used, like with, uh, on the people, the like, beheading stuff, uh, like cutting people open and eat, eating like all the meat between the fingers bones yeah. and shit like that and the skeletons and stuff that looks that looks really good yeah i mean there's a there's a couple where there's like the some of the tribesmen are cutting open a, a, uh, a yeah, corpse yeah. of someone but it's a it's very blunt stone and it's clearly they're just pushing red paint up and down someone's chest yes yeah Spot that the other end of the score that I don't yeah. like. <laughs> yeah, um, but we got to talk about the stuff that wasn't fake. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So some of the decisions the director regretted, and rightfully, uh, yeah. were notably killing of live animals for the yes. film. Yeah. The uh, the following animals were harmed in the making of this film. A Cote Monday, I don't know what that is. A yellow spotted river turtle, so when they cut the face and head off a river turtle, which to be fair to the whoever edited it, they they made the screen go bright at the actual moment of contact of the blade, but you saw everything else. Yeah, uh, that turtle was killed, off. the snake was killed, uh, a tarantula was killed, the pig yeah. that was shot, you're actually seeing that pig get shot. Yeah, two squirrel monkeys were murdered uh, because the monkey death scene was shot twice. Um, all the animals were given to the tribe as food, but it's not like they were going to kill them and eat them anyway. So that's a grey area. Like, don't get me wrong, I eat meat. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But yeah, yeah, yeah. If these these tribes took them because it's all more delicacies these weren't things they would have gone out and hunted and killed and eaten just there and then these were captured and kept captured and then killed for a film 
yeah, so like the yeah, it's all very disturbing to watch it. Like it, straight from the bit where they they kill the turtle and they're hacking it up and eating it, and that actor's the guy with the sash and the hair, Hulk Hogan looking guy. Yeah, who's like when he because he's there next to him doing it, and what his look on his face. Like he's trying to be like play along, but then you get it, uh, the look every now and again of him being really upset by yeah. the turtle being killed. He, he cried and the bird lot, in the he? back. Yeah, he cried after one of them or them, and didn't he? Yeah, it was girl. that. He cried after yeah. the turtle, and you could see it in his eyes that he's yeah. going, and he's trying to act along, and he's like moving the head, like trying to be in character, but you could see in his eyes that he's going. Uh, uh that fucking the monkey scenes really disturbing yeah no and like they they just cut like the monkeys half his head off and then yeah. they go and eat the thing but they wanted like the director wanted to do that as fake fake monkey brains yeah but the tribesman talked him into doing it as a real monkeys because it's a delicacy yeah but that's that's that scene where they cut the yeah. monkey's head in half is very disturbing it's too um, much. When they shoot the pig, ah, that's horrible. Um, there's also, another scene that don't was, even uh, just uh, shoot the pig. If I can just say the the actor is enjoying that too. I can't remember which guy it was actually shot the pig, but it's the other cameraman. This pig is so. There's basically a post on the beach that this pig is tied yeah. to, and it's squealing and it's scared, and the guy's shouting at it, and he kicks it, and he scares the shit out of this pig, and then shoots it, and it doesn't look like a clean shot through the head. It's just, what the fuck? It's disturbing. There's a, there's another there's another pig as well in a in an uncut scene where the um the tribesmen are bashing it on the head with a wooden All right. bat, and um. Alan is supposed to be doing a a monologue, long monologue. Yes, yeah. Like over it. Um, but he couldn't do it because of the horrible pig's death squealing in the background of these tribesmen just slaughtering this pig brutally. Yeah, so uh, it was Alan, wasn't Very... it? He was meant to do a monologue straight after the pig was shot and he fucked that up as well. Because he was up, put off by the Oh yes, the yes, but yes, yeah, we'll talk about that in performance, I suppose. I don't. For me as well, I don't like rape scenes in films. They are. No. Uh, I just don't see the point. I, no. There was no character development there. <laughs> I mean, the uh, the first one. I can't even remember why they say he's raping her. There's... So it was for her infidelity, basically. So basically, she'd had sex with someone. <laughs> she'd had sex with someone that wasn't that man, and then he took her to that little beach. Yeah. Tied her to that, tied her legs to that thing, and then did that horrible ceremony with the big wooden yeah or and stone it's penis. just fucking horrible gratuitous violence that was horrible for the fucking sake like, of it and then i don't know what he puts in the clay because he puts bits he in gets the clay. a lot of clay and stones anything to make it as uncomfortable and this is what would you say like a rugby sized thing of clay rugby ball sized thing of clay yeah rugby ball softball and you, you don't exactly see it but Jesus, nah. it's still very, very graphic. It's like, yeah, it's like it's like when he's simulating the 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 sex on her with the thing, and then it's uh, it's fine at one point, and then the next thing, it's all bloody. Yes, nah, you don't, you don't, yeah, you don't. And she wasn't, she wasn't, she was just, she was the wardrobe lady. <laughs> yeah, because they couldn't get anyone to do it from the tribe. Yeah, she was just the wardrobe lady, so they they covered her in mud so you couldn't see how white she was. So she's blacked up as well. So <laughs> it's film, so controversial. Uh, yeah, I just don't see. I don't think there's a place for that in any film where I will ever think. You know what? That really added to the experience. Yeah, I won't. It's no. just no point. But 
the go on visual effect, I think half a point because I think we give half a point for the decent practical effects they did, but fuck them for the animal murder and bloody vaginal rape. It's yeah, don't, yeah, yeah, a quarter of a, of a star. Yeah, a quarter of a star then. Quarter because... of a star, I think. And the, the toupee was all right as well. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Right. One and a quarter. That's one and a quarter. Next up, we've got performance. Oh, it's always so hard to just follow talking after you've like done such a good intro. <laughs> anyway, Carl York, who played Alan, uh, turned up on his first day without a script was rushed into makeup, and his first scene was shot almost immediately, which was the leg amputation scene. And he later said at that point he wasn't sure if he'd been cast in the Hollywood film or a snuff film. <laughs> and uh, I think this was one of those cases of a director trying to get a real performance out of his actors. It's like, right, you're here, you're in the shit, go. Yeah, basically, because he was... Crap. Yeah, he was... He was... A bit of a dick, though, wasn't he, as well, apparently? The director. Yeah. Like, I think most of the kind of reactions that we're getting from the the characters in it are are what's actually going on. There's not a lot of... I'm not saying there's not a lot of acting going on. There's acting going on, but some of the emotions and, like, how they are is because of how they're actually, like, feeling and what, what's actually going on. Yeah, it's like real reactions, and he's actually putting them through the shit. Like, they actually lived yeah. in this rainforest with nothing Yeah. while they yeah. filmed this thing. So we talked about the pig shooting and how there was a cut bit where Alan couldn't do a monologue. Um, But after the pig was shot, Alan was supposed to do the mon- a monologue then. And he was shocked and kind of like taken aback by the brutality of his co-star. He didn't just shoot the pig, but kicked it, taunted it, scared it before shooting it. And this made Alan fluff his lines. They couldn't do another take as they were only allotted one pig to kill. Or that was the last pig they had allotted to kill. That kind of thing. If you're looking at it from a performance viewpoint, his real reaction of kind of stuttering over his words and stuff is better than someone... Do you know what I mean? If he was yeah. just <laughs> reeling off this monologue as a pig was killed behind him, it'd be a bit weird. Yeah, I mean, let's face it, this is still partly a snuff film because yeah. those animals were real and yeah. they were killed on film. Yeah. So it's still a snuff yeah. film. And they can overexpose the film for like a split second at the point of contact of a blade hitting a head or a face or a bullet, whatever. But... yeah. The point is you see the swing down. You see it just about to hit where it hits, and then you see the immediate after effect. It, they, don't... they didn't do that for the monkey, though. You see the whole monkey head. Yeah, yeah. See the whole... That's, that's Bastards. half a head. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, the, the Yanomomo and Shematari are real-life South American native tribes. Uh, but they're nothing like they are shown in the film. They were hamming it up, if you want. <laughs> Are they actually cannibals? No, I don't think they're cannibals. They were... Ah, goddamn. No, they're just... Uh, they were told to just behave in a certain way. You can see them laughing, actually. I don't know. I don't think I've made any notes about this, but there's bits where you... You know where they're being chased into a building and they burn down? <laughs> yeah. You can see some of the... They're all naked running around, and you can see the women laughing as they're running in, like, enjoying themselves. So at least oh, they were. Enough. I mean, they were definitely exploited, and... Uh, oh, absolutely. Definitely treated like absolute shit a lot of the time. Uh, just for the film. So that's another black mark against the uh, making of this film, the treatment of these two tribes. But obviously they had a bit of a laugh at some point where they were being chased around or jiggling. Well, pa- Everyone was naked apparently, all the time. Apparently a lot of the extras weren't paid. You shock me, Jimmy. <laughs> I know. Absolutely mental. They got three monkey brains and a dead pig. Yeah. They even killed the tarantula. That was a bit... Yeah, anyway. Yeah. You see him literally just throw stuff at his tarantula because it lands on them. They're decent pets, they are. 
I mean, I wouldn't have one. No, I wouldn't have one. Um, what are you saying? Performance then? Uh, half. Although it was real reactions, so do you get a more or less for for your reactions? Not acting, is it? I don't know. The guy who uh, uh, played uh, Miguel and uh, Guillermo did, uh, were jungle guides hired by the crew. Yes. And then it's just starred in the film. The actor who played Miguel is still unnamed and uncredited. Oh, because oh, they, they, the be- they were the best guys, didn't it? Yeah. Uh, and yet they didn't get Master of the Macabre. <laughs> no, back- they didn't. You're right. <laughs> Overlooked. Right, what should we give it for performance? Uh, I don't know. Like I said, do you get more or less for being genuinely scared and genuinely shit people? Let's give it one. Okay. Let's give it one. So Is that all... two and a quarter? Two and a quarter. Next up, musical score. Score. Uh, did you Don't like... fix one. <laughs> Did you like the soundtrack? I did actually, really did like this soundtrack. I think it was the best thing about the film. Absolutely, 100%. I can listen to this soundtrack, like, generally just to listen to. Yeah. It's, uh, and you wouldn't suspect it was from a film called Hannibal, Hannibal? Cannibal Hannibal. Holocaust. Hannibal Holocaust. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, it's brilliant. <laughs> anyway, Italian composer Rizzo Taliani Ortolani Orta Riz. Wow. I'm going to go with Riz. Okay. Ortolani, something like that. He did everything for this film. Uh, I, I, I like the brilliant, brilliant, ugh. I like the brilliantly written guitars. Strings, the main theme could fit on something like the Deer Hunter. Yeah, it's just incredible, so recognizable when you hear that. Yeah, when the film starts and you you listen to this music and and then you turn it off because you know exactly what it is you're about to watch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, he went from the main theme with a full orchestra to tracks with electronics and synthesizers. It all flows well with each scene. It just sounds instantly iconic. I think it would work for so many films, so many better films, and the type of soundtrack you could just listen to out of context and enjoy. Yeah. So I think we give it one. Is my Let's own. give it one, like what he said. Yeah. Three and a quarter. Three and a quarter. Right, last bit. Several experience. How did it make you feel? Not good, Jimmy. Not good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is where our personal opinion is allowed to reign free, Jimmy. Free from the shackles of guided subheadings. (laughs) Okay. And I'm going to take one away. Ooh, okay. So we're down to two and a quarter. Two and a quarter is nearly half, nearly 50%. I just want you to think about that when you're deciding whether you give one, take one, or leave it as it is. Um, Sorry, I had a burp stuck in my throat. I think more... That's right. More effort went into this film of flying everyone out there than was worth the death of animals and the finished product. It's not... It's definitely not worth the death of animals because how good they did the... um... Like skeletons and makeup and shit on the dead people. They could have just they could have just knocked up a fucking it's nineteen eighty. Yeah. They could have knocked up a they could have knocked up it quite easily knocked up some good good real effects of animals instead of actually killing the real animals. Yeah, and they didn't show like I said, they they overexposed the film at the point where they actually kill the animal. So it's not like you need to actually kill the animal to show the actual killing of the animal to be realistic. You have an animal alive, and then you show an animal dead. Yeah, I I, I wonder if that might have been in like post production though. 
to have that idea yeah, of maybe. putting the overexposure on. That's so that might not have been a thing when they were filming it. Not that I'm not that I'm fucking justifying. No, no, no. Cruelty, but that might have been an afterthought. Of gone. Actually, this might be too much. Maybe, maybe, maybe the jungle fever got to us a little bit. Maybe we should try and cover it up a little bit in edit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Still. <laughs> yeah, still. It's like it's like you shit the bed and you've tried to hide the crap under the pillow. Yeah, but you purposely shut the bed when you had better options. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you had a toilet right there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> No, I'm going method. I'm literally shitting the bed. <laughs> okay, so I like. I do like the film. I do like it. I don't like. I don't like the the, the animal shit. I think they could have done that. I think they could have done that. Practical effects could have been done for that. And also, uh, I'm taking into account the uh, exploitation of two tribes. That's true. But just point. think to yourself, what do you think this deserves out of five? And then take or give whatever you need to, to get it to that, I suppose. It's controversial. I think you've got to watch it. Once. If, you're, if you're a horror fan, you've probably got to, or if you're getting into horror, you've got to watch it at least once. I, I wouldn't pop it on on a Sunday afternoon with your nan. <laughs> yeah. Even though she like she might just pop Hellraiser on or something, um, I'll take a star away for the animal cruelty, so that gives it one and a quarter. Okay, I think some of the scenes have to be in there for it because not the animal shit, but the other shit. Not that I'm down with the other shit. Yeah, but in context, I think that needs to be in there. Yeah, sort of. Nah, well, we watch horror of, films, yeah. so we're okay with. Bad things being depicted on films. But yes, there, there's a line. It's not real. It's yeah. not real. Yeah. The, the, the animal shit was real. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And just for me as well, some of it can look too real and kind of gratuitous violence against vaginas it really doesn't go well with me. Makes you really go soft. Well, it wasn't particularly <laughs> hard when I started watching the film. But what? let's just say it went inverted. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, one and a quarter out of five. Not our worst. Yeah. I think still not as badly rated as Horror Hospital. Did I get a one out of five? Oh, I think so. Anyway. I think, I think it did. It's time for my next film choice, the IMDb Challenge, Jimmy. Okay. Are you ready? I am. I'm excited about this film. Watched it again the other day to make sure I really wanted to pick it. And Do you know how I win all these? How? Because uh, I I quickly uh, whisper Alexa before you do it. And when you read out the description, it pops up on the IMDb thing. Oh. Well, you do. No, I'm not. That's, that's not true. That's not true. That was a lie. No, I'm saying you do uh, a lot of uh, live research <laughs> while we're podcasting. <laughs> So you, I know you've got Google up. I'm just I have trust and faith. Yeah. This here one. My hands. If you don't get this one, this will be the last episode of the Madhouse podcast. Because is this a heavy hitter? Is this a big one? Uh no, but it's obvious. I. Oh, okay. Okay, I'll, I'll give you a clue actually to what's happening. No, don't give me a clue. Read it first, and if I don't get it, I'll have that clue. Okay. I'll just say this is kind of a first for... We've done something like this once. Okay. But only because we needed to. It was in... I'm going to give away too much. I'm just going to read the thing out. You ready? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, bet, I bet you could get it after the first two words. Oh, I don't know. It's three words. I'll give you three words, see if you can get it, right? Okay. While Andy's mother... It's Charles Play 2. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah boy I'll read the whole thing anyway while Andy's mother is admitted to a psychiatric hospital the young boy is placed in foster care and Chucky determined to claim Andy's soul is not far behind if I had to read that whole thing out 
we wouldn't have in all good consciousness continued <laughs> doing a horror podcast yeah so it's our first like uh sequel to one of the early ones we did yeah that's exciting because i was gonna say toy story <laughs> yeah while andy's mother is out getting it from a neighbor <laughs> oh yeah sex toy story <laughs> yeah buzz and woody <laughs> Just get it on. Oh my god. I'll have a little bit. Think about that. Oh, think about that though. Yeah. That's that's dark. Could be ah Disney's out of nose. Pixar. Pixar shit's dark. You are a sex toy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a sex ranger. (laughs) Anywho. Add that to our pile of films to make. (laughs) <laughs> soft porn toy story yes anyway child's play 2 I, I watched it again the other day and I, I really enjoyed it I think it's pretty good sweet uh, and we'll think of something to say in a second <laughs> well, I'm going to have a little swip of swip a little swip of the scrumpy yeah so this week, Cannibal Holocaust gets a measly one and a quarter out of five. That'll teach you to kill animals and do horrible things to vaginas. And in two weeks, we will be talking about Child's Play 2 from 1990. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app, iTunes, or wherever you find your podcasts. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram and email Jimmy your dick pics at mama at outlook.com to send us your personal horror stories at the badass podcast at outlook.com. Next person to email us wins the game. Jimmy and myself will see you in a fortnight for our next episode on Child's Play. Yeah! Ha, 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 ha.